This is Hashtag Authentic, a podcast for creatives, dreamers and entrepreneurs online. I'm your host, Sarah Tasker, a certified coach specializing in creative business and all things related to social media and the digital realm. This is episode number 106. Hello friends, how are you all doing? Hoping the new year has been getting off to a good start for you. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling like I'm pacing myself for the first time in a long time. And there's some frustration that comes with that, but there's also so much freedom. And I'm learning a lot along the way. One thing I've really committed to for this year is to get these podcasts out every single week, every Wednesday, a new episode. I've got a lot of plans for some solo episodes as well and they'll occur kind of just depending on when my energy allows but I have a host of awesome guests that I want to share with you as well so hopefully you will stick around and tune in each week. Also I need to mention that the Insta Retreat is on sale now. January is in my opinion the very best time so if you've made any new year's resolutions to sort out your social media or sort out your relationship with social media I'd love to invite you to take a look and think about joining us. The Insta Retreat was once described by one of my students as like taking an A-level in Instagram in that it is entirely comprehensive and really takes you to a deeper level of understanding about how you're using it and why you're using it so you can get what you need from it and kind of drop the rest. Each week there are two coaching calls with me. You have one call where we'll talk about business and Instagram and we'll tackle specific Instagram related problems. And then we also have a mindset coaching call where we look at the other stuff that comes up when we start to tackle these issues like comparison, fear of being seen, procrastination, all of the usual brain baggage. We've got payment plans available so you can buy it outright or spread it over two or three months. And there are a handful of places as well for booking an additional bonus call with me for an hour one-to-one where we will tackle some of your problems directly and talk about the bigger picture of your business or your work. You will find all of that and so much more on my website, meandorla.co.uk and the links are in your show notes too. And as it happens... Today's guest is an Insta Retreat graduate. That's how we first connected. And she has briefly been on this podcast before. I think it was 2021. The years recently have blurred, haven't they? Maybe it was 2020. I interviewed a handful of students from the Insta Retreat to start getting some of their testimonials and kind of sharing their experiences with you guys. So today's guest is the incredibly talented artist, Maria Vige. I am definitely butchering that pronunciation and I apologize wholeheartedly. Maria is a wonderful example of what is possible when you really embrace the idea of just showing your work and showing up. She went from working a completely separate full-time job to quitting that job and doing her art full-time, all thanks to Instagram. And her story is beautifully inspirational but realistic and honest and relatable it just really resonates so we talk about all of that in this episode and also about creativity about the complicated relationships so many of us have with it about the way capitalism has sort of interfered with it and we feel like we're wasting resources or time or materials if we make something that's not worth keeping and showing to the world at the end 
Maria shares some really valuable insights about how to get past that, why we need creativity, the importance of practice and failure, and just generally the lifelong endeavours of being a creative person on the planet Earth. So here is Maria. Hi, Maria. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much, Sarah. So I'm saying back, but we only had a really, really brief chat last time. It was kind of a bit of a talk about the Insta Retreat, and it was one of the most popular um, kind of ones of those little Insta Retreat conversations that I've ever had. So many people really resonated with your story. And seeing as we now know that was two years ago, because we've seen the date on our last Skype Mm -hmm. chat, um, I thought it'd be so great to have you back because I know so much more has unfolded for you since then in your business and in your creativity. And because your story is just so, it's so relatable to where a lot of people feel they get stuck on their creativity. So thank you for coming back and thank you for talking to me again. Oh, my pleasure. So for anyone who's not listened to that first little intro that we had to you, let's start from scratch. Tell people who you are and what you do. Okay. So my name is Maria Vigge. That's a Swedish, really funky name in in English, I think. Um, But I live in Sweden in a small town on the West Coast. And uh, I have a family here, a, a boy and a girl, seven and eight, and my husband. And I work, well... For the past two years, I've worked full time as an artist. Uh, how does it feel to say that? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> has it started Unreal. to feel normal now that you're a full time no. artist? Uh-uh. No, definitely <laughs> not. And I and you know, if someone asks, I'll I'll wrap it into you know, I you know, I do this and that, and you know, sometimes I paint, and sometimes you know. Oh, why? Why are you? Why do you say that? I don't know. I think it's um. I don't know it's it feels pretentious to say that you're an artist I don't know I mean you're definitely not going to be alone in all of those thoughts I remember my Instagram bio used to say I take photos and I write because I didn't want to say I was a photographer or a writer it's something that it's really human isn't it we do that we kind of downplay it but the irony is that you're pretending more when you pretend not to be a full-time artist, but you don't want to yeah. be pretentious. Yeah, it's ridiculous, isn't it? It is. So but I paint, and I'm an artist. You there are an artist. You are, you are a painter and an artist. And your work is just breathtaking and phenomenal. Um, I'm going to make sure everyone has the link to your page so they can go and check it out. Maybe while they listen to this, if you're listening, it'll be in the show notes in the app. So you can just go over and click. But let's go back to that initial conversation we had just as a little bit of a catch up for anyone who's not heard that yet. That was around the time that you were taking the leap, right? You were leaving. What was the job you were doing before? I was working at an, as an art, direct, art director for um, a fashion company. So, um, uh, well, I don't know. Maybe we should just back up to the very beginning yeah. um, because I think that will make more sense. So I, I grew up with a mom who's a really talented artist. Um, so, you know, drawing and painting has been really natural. I've always been next to her um, all through my childhood. And, and that's been a very normal thing in my life, right? Um, but then as I got a little bit older, um, every time I would go to one of her art shows, um, the grownups would look down on me and go, oh, you know, so do you paint or when, mm. when can we see your art? And, 
when when are you going to have an art show? Um, and I think that that turned art from something that was just, you know, part of me to something that had to be approved and judged, yes. you know, by others. And, and right that from the just, start, I guess. Right like... from the start. And I knew that whatever I showed would be compared to something that yeah. my mother had made. So um, that just turned everything into too much pressure mm. I suppose um and so you know I, I knew I had to um take an a creative path because you know that's that's what I was good at but I wanted to take my own path and so well first I thought I was going to be a photographer so I tried that for for a little bit and <laughs> and decided that was not I actually I, I did I, I went to photography school for a year and I had an internship with a photographer that um he was shooting fruit all day for you know the grocery store ads mm. you know you know I was squirting water on tomatoes for him all day <laughs> <laughs> realizing that that was not my path <laughs> That's not the creative outlet you were looking for. That was not it. Um, so I decided to um, go to art school and, and do uh, graphic design because that felt like a creative path that was my own somehow. Um, and I actually went to the U.S., to, to Seattle, in an art school there. And, you know, I'm wondering now if, that wasn't also an attempt to like physically re remove myself sure. from my mom, you know, to really, you know, make sure that I was taking um, my own path. I don't know, but um, I, I went to school and, uh, and then I worked for, you know, 20 years or something as a graphic designer and art director. And um, yeah, that's sort of the backstory, I suppose. Um, but and then, then yeah yeah <laughs> sorry uh, all along the way I should back up again because I never stopped painting right yeah. I always I always kept um drawing and painting um but I did it you know in secrecy <laughs> just for myself because you know I had a really strong longing for it and I really had to do it but by this time you know I had such anxiety around painting like I just I never felt good enough and it was really, really frustrating. And I remember I, I was I was painting and crying at the Ugh. same time because I hated myself so much for not being good enough. And and then I always not only did I take it to the garbage, I would like take the bin outside on the street to make wow. sure that no one would ever see it by accident. So, you know, that's, you know, crazy level. Anxiety. Yeah. And ah. you said it wasn't good enough was that just your own judgment because at this point you're not showing it to anyone nobody knows that I'm even doing this so this is only my own I don't know what my vision of what I should be was but I just knew that it wasn't good enough yeah um, I mean it sounds like it could never have been good enough no. right because <laughs> <laughs> you were looking for something that was so good that it meant no one in the whole world could criticize it which yeah I, I suppose is not art, maybe yeah so then what so yeah so you know I, I kept on and you know fast forward a few years I you know I'd started a family I was working a lot um and the time to paint in my spare time was just not there anymore mm. um but I still have you know a, a really strong urge 
to find time of my own and, and do something that I loved. So I actually asked for a day off of work um, to paint. So um, I, I had Fridays off of work. I, you know, obviously I had to tell my boss why. And she's like, you paint? And I was like, <laughs> well, you know, not really. I've just actually, I need to, you know, try to, you know, you know I was, you know, I don't know what I was saying, but but somehow it came out that I painted and my coworkers were like, what, you paint? Can we, you know, can we see it? And, and it was up to, you know, at that time, my husband didn't even know what I was painting. Like I would show wow. no one, um, but I had, you know, I still had a really strong urge to do it. So, so I was doing that on Fridays. And then um, one of my friends was like, why don't you post something on Instagram so we can all see what you do? And I was like, no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> Um, but then at that same time, I was listening to your podcast, um, with, uh, I'm going to forget her name, Tara Moore. Yes. Um, and you were talking uh, about her book playing big. Um, and I don't know, I was 43 and I was just like the hell with it, you know? So what if people hate what I do? This is, you know, I had very little to lose. Yes. So um, that's kind of how it started. So I opened an Instagram account and I posted a picture and all this love came pouring mm. in, you know, and, and no one told me it was terrible. Um, so, so I just, I kept posting my work and, and uh, that's sort of how my confidence was built. Yes. You know, I, I guess I needed the outside world to tell to tell me that it was okay and that it wasn't terrible and that I wasn't a terrible person you know I don't know we we built so much into this yes um it's just ridiculous but but um somehow that just transformed this anxiety into me possibly thinking that I wasn't terrible at painting and I, and I could actually show my work without um being afraid and so it's evolved since then yeah so um pretty soon um, after I started the account, people were emailing me asking if they could buy my work. And um, I was like, you know, I'm a graphic designer, so putting up a website wasn't a big deal. So I, yeah. you know, I made a web real quick and um, and I started selling my paintings. So, so suddenly, you know, I had my family, I had my job, uh, and I had this painting business on the side you know, plus we're building a house at the time. It was just, it was just a lot at the same time. And I was getting really, really tired. And I was talking to my husband. And I was like, I don't know if I like my job anymore. It's like, well, you do love to paint. And I said, well, you know, I can't, I can't, that can't be my job. And he's like, why not? Why don't, you know, instead of going back to school and learning a different skill, maybe, you know, you know take two years and practice this skill yes. and and see where that takes you and we yay, did you know husband yay <laughs> I know yay husband so we went over the you know the family finances and we're like well you know we can do two years you know it's it's um it's it's a uh, we, we can try it out yeah and it felt like you know the biggest gift in the world I mean it was um it was mind-blowing that I would get to paint all day you know yes um, and I, I guess that was about the time that we spoke. I had just quit my job and, you know, I had I'd do it, I'd done this for like a month or something. So I was still like, I still had a crush on the whole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Still in the honeymoon phase. Yes, yes. And I guess like I, as I hear you say that, I think, did that not add the pressure back in? That pressure that you'd spent so long trying to avoid with yeah. your painting? 
Um, actually, well, what happened, and I guess this is the you know completely different story, but what happened was, um, uh, I think about you know a couple of weeks after I spoke to you, I got burned out. Yeah. Because I had just thrown. I mean, uh, you know, first of all, I didn't come uh, from you know. I hadn't taken it easy at my at my past work, and then I just threw myself into this you know, passion of mine, and I wanted to do everything you know at mm. once. And then morning, I just couldn't get out of bed. So um, that's been and something that's you know it's 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 shaped these past two years a yes. lot. My energy had, and you know all about this, obviously, but you know, you have to work with your body and you, you, you get to work some days and some days you just don't. And yes. there's nothing to do about it. Yes. Um, and as much as your brain might want to argue with that. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, as, as much as that, you know, I would love to paint all day, every day and do nothing else, but to, to make a business out of it um, and to do everything that you want to do around the actual painting, because, you know, it's, it's, you know, in, in all honesty, you know, painting, it's, it's a very small part of an art business. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, especially uh, in and, this digital age. It, it, exactly. And and then throw in, you know, energy that comes and goes. Um, it, it's been kind of tough to navigate. Um, but I guess that's what happens when you throw yourself full, <laughs> wholeheartedly into something that you love. Yeah. Um, well, and I think that's what happens when you make space for your body to actually have a voice <laughs> like exactly when you're on the treadmill of nine to five there's no option for exactly not getting out of bed but when you provide that space for yourself suddenly your body is like thank god we're not getting up <laughs> you're yep. like what that's what that's it that's it wait but this is the good times <laughs> <laughs> this is now i want to get up and your body's like sorry no <laughs> we're done <laughs> yeah. i think there's so much guilt that can come with that there's so much mind drama that can come isn't there because yeah. you're like I should be I should be doing I should be painting I should be busy I should 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 yeah and that doesn't help either actually that just makes it harder to get out of bed yeah yeah definitely and and I mean it's it's yeah it's it's people you know it's it, if you haven't experienced that level of tiredness you have no idea because people throw around the word burnout a lot like oh yeah. I feel burned out you know I'm gonna you know I'm going to watch Netflix all day. But when you can't literally stand up or sit up, um, there's nothing you can do. You can't just, you know, brush it off and, and, and go to work. Because I, I love going to work. It's, it's you know, I, I love my job. But um, some days I just literally will have to stay in bed. Yeah. I remember having a therapy session about it once and I was saying to my therapist, but if the house was on fire, I could get up and go out. And I was like, why can't I just pretend like the house is on fire oh, all yeah. day and she was like because that would kill you <laughs> you oh, can't yeah. live like that um yeah because it is that it's like the only way I'm coming out of this bed is if like my child's in a burning yeah. tower or something yeah yeah <laughs> so what's the rhythm you've kind of found now what does a working week look like well it goes in waves and it's very unpredictable um I um it's like some days I feel fine. And I'm like, Oh, I'm healed. I'm done. I'm never going to be oh, tired yeah. again. And then, you know, two days later, you know, I'm back down again. So it's very unpredictable. And it's, it is not 
ugh, I don't know. I, I wish I, I wish anyone knew more about how this works, but it's not like, you know, if, if I, if I work hard one day, the day after I'm going to be tired, it doesn't work like no. that. I can work hard for a month and then I'm tired, you know, a year after that. There's no pattern, is there? I do it. I do, you know, you're like, if I eat this, maybe that's why. And there's never, there's never any cause and effect. <laughs> no. Um, so I don't know if this is going to be part of my life from now on. I, I guess I'm, I'm going to have to. I'm very thankful that I get to orchestrate my days. Uh, and that I don't have a boss and an office to go to because yeah. that would be, you know, really, really sad. Because now I sort of feel like I can, you know, I haven't had this business without the burnout. So this is, you know, the normal. And, and you know, I take a lot of naps and and uh, and it works. So, yeah, I'm a firm believer that naps are part of the creative process. Yes. I think we forget that, like, all the stuff we do away from the easel or the... Yeah. you know the computer screen where whatever our creative outlet is all of the other stuff is what feeds that what fuels it yeah yeah totally um and I shower a lot Ooh, <laughs> like I getting, like that. yeah getting into the shower it's just like it rinses I don't know I can't explain it but it just rinses stress and and anxiety off and I, I get really calm and and um and somehow you know it, it, it gives me energy back. I can't explain it, but That's I nap magical. and I shower. Hold so. on, I'm going to shut the window because a, oh, sure. a big bin lorry has just pulled up. Hold on. It's recycling day. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> so how has that shaped the way you make money? What is your primary revenue stream right now? Is it selling your work? Um, it's, it's a mix between selling. I, I sell art prints and that's been a really big, part of my revenue um because it's an affordable way of buying art mm. uh, and buying art in the exact size that you need it um so I bought this humongous printer it's like the size of a car oh, wow. that's, uh, <laughs> that's in my studio and um it's uh it's wonderful so that's that's a, a big um big part of my business and then um I sell my paintings and I have my watercolor course now yes yes I'm excited to hear about this so when did you launch it for the first time I launched it in April I think for the first time um and I had it open in August too so it's been open twice um and it's been so exciting getting to meet all these new and um you know, advanced painters, um, but some that have never painted before in their life and, and take them on my journey. Yes. Painting. Yeah. And this is entirely virtual. So this is people from all over the world. Yeah. Yes. And how have you structured that? I'm always curious because there'll be people listening going, but how do you paint? How do you teach painting online? Well, for me, um, I, I think since I've based everything I do out of having to out of the anxiety that I've had around painting and I know a lot of people um I know a lot of people are sitting on art supplies like they have yes watercolor boxes you know in their closet somehow and really expensive paper that they're afraid to touch and (laughs) um I just think you know in in for some reason people expect to be 
either creative or they're not like, oh, I'm not, you know, I couldn't paint, you know, I can't, yes. oh, I can't paint. You know, I hear that so often, but it's a skill. Like you have to, you know, obviously you can learn it. And if you practice it a lot, you can be a painter. It's just, it's so fundamental. But for some reason with creativity, people expect to just either have it or not. Yeah, we're um, kind of sold that lie, aren't we? That like you'll be a savant and you'll just be able to I know. do it straight I, away. I know. I, I keep saying that it's like ice skating, right? Like if I yeah. put on a pair of skates and walked out on the ice expecting to make one of those, you know, quadruple spins, <laughs> I'd likely be, you know, disappointed in myself. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's like it's the same with every skill. Like if you want to be a good painter, paint a lot. And so this course is sort of built around, first of all, you know, you know, here are the technical skills. This is what you need to know to, to handle your watercolors. But also, this is how you need to think to start producing work. Because, you know, if you expect to, you know, paint your first painting and, and then frame it and put it above your mantle, yeah. you might get disappointed, right? But if you paint just because it's such an amazing experience to just play with, you know, the paint and the brushes and the paper and see what, and, you know, add water and see what happens. I mean, that alone is a practice that is life-giving. Like everyone could have that. Um, And then, you know, after a thousand hours, suddenly you might make something that you love that you want to frame and put, you know, above your mantle, but you might not. And that's okay. Yeah. And it's still worth the time and worth the materials either way. Yes. Yes. Which we get stuck on, don't we? We're like, well, like I even find this as a parent, like Orla will get out all of her stickers and her glitter and her glue. And my husband Rory will be like, no, 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 she's wasting it. And I'm like, what is wasting it though? What are we saving it for? Like (laughs) Exactly. For when she's good. But how is she going to get good? Well, she needs to practice. Yeah. And like, she's not going to make a glitter Mona Lisa one day. Like, (laughs) and if she wants to, we'll buy more glitter. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's it's like we're not worthy, you know, all this fancy material. And that's ridiculous. You know, we're grown up you know, and, and, you know, what if we, we waste some paper, you know, what if we love the process of wasting that paper, that should be reason enough. Yes, which is kind of the gift you gave yourself, wasn't it, by painting in secret? Yeah, yeah, I suppose. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't a joyful, <laughs> no. to be honest. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so this it, is how know, to do it without me, the tears. Yeah, it gave me the mileage, like it gave me yeah. the hours of painting that I needed to be ordered, you know, in order to work as a painter today. So, you know, people will say, wow, you just quit your job and started painting mm. and now you can sell your work. And it's like, well, it's not, that's not exactly how it happened. Like it's, it's, you know, a 40 something year journey yes. that I've been on. And I've been drawing since I was, I don't know, three, three years old. When did you start drawing? Yeah, um, as soon as you can I've hold always a pencil. I've been drawing. Yeah, so I've painted, you know, a thousand paintings or more. Um, and and that's how I can, you know, be an artist. How old was your mum when you were remembering these art shows from when you were little? Well, she started, she actually, um, she self-taught. Um, and she actually, my um, my father had a job where he traveled a lot. And um, I was sick a lot as a child. I had, you know, ear problems. 
And so my mom had to stay home with me, uh, you know, for days on end. Mm. And so my dad bought her a paint box. She's like, maybe you could paint while, you know, you're taking care of your child. And she's like, well, you know, maybe you could take care of the child. She was really <laughs> angry about it. <laughs> but then, you know, one day she started painting and, and kind of liked it. And then she kept out, kept on painting and she really, really liked it. And that's sort of how her artistry began. And, you know, fast forward five, 10 years, my dad quit his job to, you know, to help her in her art business. So she supported the entire family all through, you know, my, my childhood. That's incredible. Which also, yeah. And that also taught me that you can live off of art, which is a lesson that a lot of people don't get, you know, they're taught yes. all through childhood that, you know, don't go to, go to art school because you can never live off of art. And, and I, I didn't have that. I had a mom that pushed me, like literally pushed me into art school. And it was like, you have to go to art school. Look at all the supplies you can use. And, you know, because she never had, you know, she never had that. She was never, you know, she, she loved it. But, you know, her parents would let her go to art school. She's like, oh, my God, you can paint all day. You have to do this. And, and um, slightly reluctant. <laughs> yeah. Well, you did what we all do, which is rebel and go, no. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then somehow loop back around in the end too yeah it grabs you you know from behind and sort of pushes you in the right direction so how do you feel now about your art in terms of confidence um I um well it's a tricky question because I still I think I think that goes for all artists but um I I feel confident in in my skills um because you know I've, I've developed them to a point where I feel like I have my own style I have something that I can be proud of and you know but not every painting turns out you know the way I want it sure. and very rarely does the audience like the same things that I do yeah <laughs> so, so sometimes I will post something and be like haha this is you know my masterpiece of the year and nobody will like it and, and sometimes like one time I literally pulled something out of the bin because I wanted to post something on Instagram <laughs> and it's still the most like picture I've ever posted <laughs> so I love this this is like one of my favorite as you know we talk about this a lot in the insta retreat like yeah that combination of what you want to create and post and also what the world might want. And they're not yes. always the same two things. So, oh. you know, you could, it'd be so easy to just lean into what people love and just only do only create that. But you would well, be missing thing, though, out. I have, no, I have no idea what people love. Like <laughs> I have no, you. I have no comfort. <laughs> so like, I don't, I have no idea. So. <laughs> Amazing. So it just surprises you. You're like, what? You like this? Yeah. One? Every time, every time it's, <laughs> really strange and and also you know what will sell and what will you know be big on instagram to two very different things oh interesting yeah. because it's yeah. your instagram audience i guess that are mm-hmm. buying a lot of this yeah yeah of course but yeah it's... but i think i think the people that might like and enjoy a post um could very possibly be an artist because they see yeah. you know skill or or something technical or or something that you know that they love but for someone to buy something to hang above their sofa you know they might see something entirely different so um, yeah yeah and I always think artists 
by slightly different art because they appreciate it in a different way mm-hmm. to someone who like you know we might I could just go to B&Q and look at art and you don't have B&Q mm-hmm. to like you know a chain store and look at mass-produced mm-hmm. art and it's only by knowing the process that goes into art like yours that I, that I appreciate the difference if that makes sense yeah. like the time yeah. and the skill and the why your print is more expensive than that like mm-hmm. 10 pound print in a chain store mm-hmm. um and artists understand that so well and get so much value from from seeing real art on their walls so mm. yeah I guess that's a really fascinating kind of complexity to your audience and then also your customer base and how they overlap absolutely and also people from different parts of the world are going to like different things yeah. and that's also thing I'm learning like what like you know the Swedes are going to love this but you know the Americans you know they go for it it's, it's you know that's incredible that's easier to predict yeah I reckon if we talk in like five years time, which we will, mm-hmm. you might have more of a sense. Like, you know, as you aggregate yeah. that data, you might be starting to, like you said, you know, the Americans tend to like this. You might be able to say to me, I now know, like I post this on Instagram and it will always do well because it's got this, this and this in it. Like there must be some sort of formula that is I'm currently sure. not. I'm yeah. not sure I want to find out though no I, I, I guess that would put me in a situation where I would start paying what people will enjoy on Instagram and, and I don't want to get there you were right that's a really difficult trap to avoid once you know yeah. what the yeah. people pleasing looks like and that can really disconnect you and that I guess that's what I was finding so interesting about your story of you took the validation from starting to share your work online and you used that in a way that was really powerful and really useful but to remain an artist and to remain true to your artistic vision, you have to then be able to unhook from that again, don't you? You have to, like, be okay with someone not liking your work on Instagram or someone being rude on Instagram. Yeah. Or something yeah, not performing but, well. Yeah, I think I, I I, still really have a crush on painting. <laughs> I did, I'm sure that will go away someday. Um, but I still, I, I can't say think of anything I want to do more in a day than to pick up a brush and paint like it's the absolute joy of of you know my work um but you know if if I kept getting if I kept posting things that I did and nobody liked it I'm, I'm sure you know the outside validation is very important I guess I guess that's the bottom line like yeah. I, that's that's just yeah. And this is where I find myself a little bit because it it's quite a dangerous place to live that because yeah. It's not entirely within our control. Like, you know, you speak to people and the algorithms have just turned against them and sure. their work's not being seen or yeah. you know, people are canceled for things, things that they've said that are diff- separate uh, yeah. from their work, but you know, th- yeah. th- they lose an audience and how do you define yourself as an artist and, or as a creator separate from everyone else's opinion is a really difficult thing to grapple with I think in this age of instant yeah. validation online yeah definitely I think it's kind yeah, of an it's, ongoing project for all of us yeah I think so too it's, it's a tricky it's a tricky tricky path to walk down and it's um I guess you know if if I were given money um you know, for for painting and not having to think about selling at all, 
maybe my artwork would look different. I don't know yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, if, 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 you know, making money, money off of your work was not part of the equation, would I make something different? I don't oh, that's know. It's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. If it didn't have to be marketable. Exactly. It's so hard to say, isn't it? Because, that, it, but also, it's impossible. The, yeah, and the marketable, like the fact that you're selling it, is an incentive to create work in itself, which is really powerful and valuable. Yeah, yeah, they're so intrinsically Definitely. linked. I've yeah. been having so many conversations lately in the Insta retreat with artists, and mm. I think of you often because what's so funny is there's just the same themes coming up again and again for people in these coaching calls. One of them being people feeling like an imposter people feeling a lot of the time it's people who have had a different day job and maybe mm. have, have not painted or have not done their art for a long time and then come back to it and mm. they want to take it seriously but they don't think they're allowed to mm. and I wonder what you would say to someone in that position based on your experience well I think first of all um that, that people are afraid of not having enough technical skill like that's a big thing um for artists that they, they don't feel comfortable being good enough like technically mm. so um my advice would be do a lot of work like make sure that you that that part is covered because the more work you do you you're going to get more comfortable in the work that you produce right because you know obviously you're going to get more skilled and then, by all means, share it on Instagram because the love that you receive, yeah. like I haven't, you know, okay, so I've, I've done this for what, what, when was our class? And the Insta retreat was like the end of 2018. Yeah. And then you came here for the workshop as well, didn't you? Yes. So this was, okay. So, so I've been on Instagram for uh, three years almost four years yes. um, and I have yet to get one negative comment um, on my work which it's you know it's it's still the internet like anyone could <laughs> <Yeah>. post <laughs> a scary comment but that's a pretty I good ratio yeah it's a pretty good you know there's a pretty good chance that you're going to get some love if, if you post your work yeah. and, and once you start getting that outside validation it's going to build confidence so you just have to I don't I, I started this this hashtag, I think we talked about that last time. Um, that's called creating underscore boldly. And, yes. and I started it to build like a safe space for anyone wanting to share their art because it's such a scary thing, right? We, it's like, you know, here, I did this with my heart and I'm going to show it to you. And, and, you know. Yeah, it's like putting a little piece of your soul online. Exactly. <laughs> like you like it, right? Yeah. Um, but so, so I, I made that hashtag in order to create a community where people would, you know, share each other on just from, you know, not only making something, but having the guts to share it. Right. Um, because if we can all just share what we do and, and, and be proud of it, um, I think we would all grow as artists. Yes. So, so yeah, my advice is do a lot of work and start sharing your work. Show it to because people. You are, yeah. You are going to find an audience. Instagram is huge. Well, so another fascinating phenomenon that I see in this kind of group is a lot of people who are sharing their work, but sharing it in the quietest, meekest yeah. way possible. Yeah. They're almost kind of self-sabotaging to make sure it doesn't oh, yeah. get a big audience because they're yeah. like, here's, here's some work. Yeah. And then they run away from them. 
and kind of make no room for anything else about themselves you know it's like just just only this piece of work and and yeah I think it comes down to that same thing doesn't it it's like the courage it takes a lot of courage to share something that we've made and to, especially on the internet you know the internet can feel like a wild west but yes you have to give it a fair shot don't you like you showed up and you were like yeah. I don't care anymore I'm putting this out here and then you yeah. came into the institute because you were like how do I get this to more people how do, how I, do I yeah how, how do, do I do Instagram first yeah. of all <laughs> how do I use this <laughs> and I think that's why so many other artists are there as well because they kind of know like we kind of call ourselves on it don't we when you're like I'm using it, but I know I'm not really showing up in the way that I could. And I think also uh, uh, what I've noticed on Instagram and, and something that you've taught as, as well is don't be afraid to show yourself. Like if people want to connect the dots between what they're seeing and who made it. Yes. Um, and I think that's, that's especially with art, like you want to you wanna get the person behind what you're looking at. Because, because some people just, they'll just post paintings and paintings and paintings and you don't get the full picture and I think you know like you said you know you could go to Ikea and buy art but you could also go to someone that actually made something with their hands and that's pretty special right whole story you're getting a lot more and Ikea can never reproduce that you know but but you have it available and that's why like another thing we talk about so much in the institute is for artists and makers like show the mess show the tools yeah, show yeah. you I, I use your profile so often as like an example because there's so much even like where you live is part of the story of your work and yeah. like it's different for everybody what those elements are but a lot of the people think oh it has to be perfect it has to be pristine it has to be yeah. like a gallery but yeah. we engage online with people we're looking to connect with humans so the more of the human that makes the work that you can include in there the more there is for people to get their teeth into and then like you know if you've connected with someone over something like burnout and fatigue and we've had a whole conversation then Mm -hmm. when I come to buy something for my wall I'm more likely to go oh Maria has you know she has something I'm going to go and find something from her and every time I look at it I'll feel that connection yeah yeah and that's what stories are for, right? Because, you know, you want to show a pretty feed, but you also want to show what's behind that feed. And that's why stories are so brilliant. Yes. And reels. How have you, how are you finding reels? Reels have been amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I started using them in the past year and I don't know, Instagram likes reels. I mean, sure that's, does. you know, that's, 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 it's a thing. I think we all. I think we all realize that by now but um yeah I guess watching someone paint is is very exciting apparently well um, yeah I'd love to know why like maybe it's yeah just people trying to learn from your technique maybe it gives people a sense of permission as well like oh she's doing it yeah I can do it yeah I guess I guess stepping feeling like you're stepping into a studio while someone's working um I did I I had this um this past summer I had I had a little shop like a brick and mortar shop um here in the little town where I live and in the shop I put an easel up and I thought you know I don't know if there's going to be any customers I might as well produce some work right so I was painting while they came in and I noticed how people came in and they kind of 
you know, they didn't want to look at me because, you know, I, I guess they felt like they were intruding somehow. So they, they didn't want to turn their heads against me. So they kind of, you know, they, they sort of went the other direction and they walked very quietly and, you know, with their back against their walls just to make sure that I wasn't, <laughs> you know, disturbed or something. Um, and then they kind of, you know, they, they whispered and I was like, hey, I, you know, I'm here. You can watch me paint. It, it, it's, it's absolutely fine. And then the store is here for you. So just relax. And I think maybe if, if you're posting the same process on Instagram, like you can just watch without feeling like you're yes. intruding. I don't know. Maybe there's something there. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, you can just openly stare. I know yeah. whenever I go on Reddit, Reddit has live streams. So like sort of like Instagram lives and they're, oh. certain ones are like the top ones and they're promoted. And the top ones are always people painting or people mm. playing music live. Mm. Those are the ones that people just love to watch. And I yeah. love what I love from that story is you've gone from painting behind closed doors crying yeah, I know. to painting in front of people I know. and telling them it's fine to, to watch. I know. And this is all thanks to Instagram. Isn't that crazy? How, <sighs> you know, social media, who would have known? Well, it's also thanks to you. You have to give yourself a little bit of credit here, I think. Well, okay. <laughs> For the courage and the persistence, because you didn't it's give terrible. up, right? No. Um, and I think I also, because, you know, people will ask, you know, what, what, what made you show your work at that time? And I think that age has something to do with it. Like when I was in my 20s, I was way too insecure to, yeah. you know, I would never have done, I, I would never have posted something on Instagram. That's for sure. Um, so I think, you know, just getting mature about it and, and, and maybe, like I said, I didn't, you know, dignity. What's, what's that even about? Like who, who cares about, you know, a, a middle-aged woman in Sweden and, you know, it, <laughs> What if I posted something really terrible? It would just drown in, you know, between all the other things in their feed. So, so no one would really care. Like, I, yeah. I guess my point is, like, what's the big deal? Um, and, you know, in your 20s, everything is a big deal. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, and you're looking for it to mean something about you, aren't you? Exactly. Yeah. Whereas, and it's not, I don't think you necessarily have to get older for it to happen. Some people seem to get there earlier. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah once you've kind of you know who you are without it meaning something about you then then it's a lot freer it's to just be what it yeah. is yeah yeah I can even get a really lousy haircut and, and be fine with it <laughs> that, right? I mean that's progress that's growth <laughs> but would you post the bad haircut on Instagram I probably could yeah. <laughs> wow oh my god I mean I know. <laughs> you've transcended right <laughs> And what, so what would you, I guess maybe you've already said it, but to people who are so frightened of judgment that they're paralyzed, that they're where you were, was there, like, what would you go back and say to 20-year-old you now if you could? Um, um, well, it's, yeah, it's easier said than done, but maybe that your art is not, saying anything about you as a person like you have to separate your work from yeah. your person um and yeah. with art that is so hard so so hard and that's it's, true for every creative pursuit isn't it 
it, it's really ingrained in your in your person somehow because it's personal but it like art can change right it can like people you can look at someone's body of work over a lifetime and it, it can have gone through so many transitions that it's almost unrecognizable but they're still the same person oh absolutely like yeah oh yeah you can you know look at the work of I don't know Picasso like you yeah. know from diff- different time periods you, you wouldn't be able to recognize it coming from the same person like it's it's um it's very natural that if you do a lot of art that it's gonna transform into something new and that's amazing I mean you know it, it'd be terrible if you do the exact same thing all through your life um, if you're gonna do this long term I guess yeah um, so yeah it, it evolves and that's a wonderful thing and it only gets to evolve if you keep practicing and you keep trying. Exactly. Exactly. Otherwise it exactly. stagnates. Um, do you feel like you have found your own path then? That own path that you were seeking when you ran away to America and when you <laughs> went into graphic design. Have you found it now? I, I definitely do. And I think um, I'm very grateful for having done you know, having been in marketing for 20 years, yeah. it's really helping me with the business that I have today. Um, I'm so grateful for that. I mean, because like I said, painting is a very small part of this business. Like marketing is a huge part of it. Yes. Um, being able to um, photograph, also a huge part of it. Yes. Um, there, there's so many parts of it that I feel I have, I have, for free now things that you know others might have to turn to someone else um for help yeah you kind of did the perfect training for the business I that you didn't so. know you yeah. were gonna have exactly yeah yeah and um so yeah I, I I'm, I'm really grateful I'm I'm um, I've always loved my job I've never you know I've, I've never been in a job where I hated myself for you know having time just passed me by I've always loved my 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 job but it just you know you evolve as a human being and you want to do different things and after 20 years it was like you know maybe I should just be a gardener instead (laughs) (laughs) whatever I I, do you know as I hear you say that as well and and especially about the marketing so I'm I'm currently creating a new program it's going to be on sale in next year 2022 mm-hmm. this is i've not talked about this anywhere oh yet, goodness actually. um but i'm listening to you and thinking i'm gonna need to rope you in somehow to be a part of this so it's gonna be called sell your shit and it's <gasps> aimed at people who make things or have uh, like a product and are too frightened to sell it oh uh, and the name alone <laughs> oh goodness <laughs> not because people's work is shit but because like just sell your shit come on yes <laughs> and that is like that is a really key element I think to how you've like people look at your journey and think it's been so simple and so easy oh, yeah. but of course it hasn't and and one of the key things that means you've been able to turn this into a sustainable business is you're not afraid to sell your work and to Excellent. show up for it and kind of like tell people it's available to buy and the yeah. confidence that you have in your own skill set translates to your buyer's confidence in your work yeah. I think yeah absolutely and 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 it's like what you were saying about your students you know whispering oh I yeah. made this sort of but not you know never mind and then they run yeah. away you could buy it if you wanted but why <laughs> yeah. would you want to but no never, forget I said that, that. There, there's so many others bye um <laughs> <laughs> yeah you have to 
tell people with confidence and you have to tell them over and over and over again because Instagram is a noisy space. Yeah. Um, and we don't always make purchasing decisions like there and then. Sometimes exactly, we exactly. need a, a nudge. For yeah. Sure. For so sure. I think we'll need to tap into you. You're going to have to come in and do some guest lives or something in the Sounds group. Amazing. Sounds like an amazing course. It's just, I think it's needed. There's so much, I'm seeing so much incredible work being created that just isn't reaching the people who would love it and want it because we're all stuck in that place where you were where we're frightened to be judged and we're frightened to be rejected and And I think artists aren't natural at selling like it's two very different things yeah well in some art schools it's almost kind of frowned upon isn't it it's like exactly yeah you're selling out yeah definitely like it's yeah it's two very different skill sets and and um I think if you're not selling your work, it probably has very little to do with your work and and more to do with the marketing skills. Yeah, completely agree. And yet what people do is they put the two together and they're like, my work, no one wants it. I must be bad. My work is bad, so I'm bad. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, that's just a downward spiral. So yeah. Yes. Oh my goodness. Completely agree. Maria, tell everyone where people can find out more about you and your work yes yeah so my website is uh well my name maria and my last name is vige w-i-g-g-e dot com and my insta is uh, maria, maria we w i can't say it in english it's such a strange thing and i will make sure i link to all of those things what do you know when your next class is going to be on sale yeah it's in um, January 5th so beginning of next year and maybe I can send you a discount code for your listeners yeah that would be really wonderful yes I'll do that okay so (laughs) people check the show notes if you want to grab that discount code so you can join in I think I need to join in I feel like January yes I am totally a beginner but that's okay right that's that's yeah you can be a beginner you can be more advanced you just have to I think a lot of people that I painted for a while still need the skills of um, painting without fear, like yeah. just letting loose and playing because people are still so afraid. I remember me like five years ago, I was doing watercolors, but it was I was scared shitless every time because, you know, I might mess up. Yes. And this is a course about how to dive right into it and and do it fearlessly and paint a lot like in quantities Um, which is a very transferable life skill actually yes yes more than just painting definitely (laughs) (laughs) maria thank you so so much this has been so fun i've got so many more things i want to ask you about so you're just gonna have to come back soon i i will definitely thank (laughs) you so so much Show notes for this episode are at meandorla.co.uk forward slash podcast 106. And I have shared all of Maria's links, including to that class she mentioned, as well as to the Insta tree if you want to follow in Maria's footsteps and come and be a part of our amazing community. Maria's very kindly offered a discount code on her class to listeners of Hashtag Authentic, so look out for that in your show notes if you are interested in signing up. And I will see you next week, if not before, online. Take care.